What's good in the hood, family? You are listening to A Trip to India podcast. I'm your host, India, where I get real about emotional awareness and pop culture. Before I get started, I do have to give a trigger warning. Um, We will be speaking on heavy topics like sexual assault and abuse, because this topic today is state of hip hop with the focus on misogyny. So what inspired this episode today was an amazing documentary that I came across on YouTube, actually, which was presented by HBO Max called On the Record. This focused on the allegations against uh, Russell Simmons. In case you don't know, I don't think he needs an introduction, but I'll do it anyway. He is the co-founder of Def Jam and an entrepreneur, and the list goes on on what he uh, has his hands in. So um, it's really focused through the eyes of Drew Dixon. Drew Dixon is someone who was with the label. She worked her way from the bottom to the top and became a very successful A&R exec. So she and about 19 other women go through details about how they all have been either uh, allegedly raped or sexually um, abused in some way or another uh, at the hands of Russell Simmons. Now, what I do want to make clear, I have to say allegedly, um, just because we could possibly uh, get sued because he hasn't been convicted of anything. So uh, I do have to use the proper verbiage for this episode, but I believe the women. So I'll start with that. Um, But it was really, really crazy to me how someone like Drew Dixon, who brought songs like You're All I Need by Method Man and Mary J. And How Did You Get Here by Deborah Cox. And even um, helped put together American Boy with Estelle and um, Kanye West. How she, even with all the power that she God was still subject to being a woman and what comes with that territory. And it's also disheartening because it's people that we look up to. We, you know, we grew up looking up to Russell Simmons. He brought a whole black clothing line for us, called for us, by us. And Def Jam definitely was at a, uh, the height of his game in the 90s and like I said, we we really, yeah, it's just disheartening. It's disheartening because Russell Simmons is one of the few black leaders that we have left to look up to. Um, also, with the rise of the Me Too movement, uh, he isn't the only one that's been exposed. Bill Cosby has been exposed. R. Kelly has been exposed. And the only thing that I found in the hip-hop culture not just music, just hip-hop culture in general, when it comes to the people that listen to the music and engage in the lifestyle. For some odd reason, whenever victims come out, they want to just put them to the side for the sake of Black men. As in, like, we have to protect them and we can't keep perpetuating this um, idea that Black men don't know how to control themselves when it comes to um, sex because of white supremacy, which I understand that and I get that. There has been white women that have abused their womanhood and white privilege 
at the expense of a black man, but this is not the case. And I think us as a black community, we need to get to a point where we can self-check each other. Like, it is okay. That is not us going against each other. It's actually making us better. When you see us going in a direction that is just not healthy and it does nothing for us, women die on a daily at the hands of a black man. 90% of sexual abuse happens with people within the same race. So I do want to make that clear. It does not mean that black people in general are out of control when it comes to uh, misogyny and sexual abuse. It's just the fact that this affects us, okay? We don't have time to worry about what's going on in the white community or what's going on in the Asian community, the Hispanic community. We need to focus on us. So a lot of times I hear people use the rebuttal of, well, what about Harvey Weinstein? What about Jeffrey Epstein? Well, they they handling that, actually. Harvey Weinstein got convicted. He cannot make any more movies. Jeffrey Epstein, we know what happened to him, and he also was in jail. They're handling their business within their community, so we should be able to handle ours. That don't mean that just because there's other stuff going on everywhere else that we need to ignore what's going on with us. It just leaves no accountability. So that's how I've been feeling lately. But I think it's um, important to note about the music that we consume and what is mainstream hip-hop today. And mainstream hip-hop today is still very much violent against men and women. But for the sake of this uh, conversation for misogyny, it's very hyper-sexualized when it comes to women. Point blank, period. That's just what it is. And it's weird because now, because we have women to choose from um, in the rap game or whatever, like Sweetie, Meg Thee Stallion, City Girls, and much more, and how they are uh, seen as sexually liberated because they have flipped the uh, the roles, and now they're talking about how they want to be pleased, and they don't care about men in the same manner that men have always been able to freely speak about how they want to be sexual, please, and how they don't care about women. I had to bring that up because misogyny can be upheld by women. Period. It can. And it has. That's how it goes in um, the black community. It is usually someone of our peers. Let me um, get this right. Basically, what I'm trying to say is women can uphold this toxic standard as well. And I see it all the time. Especially when some women come for others and um, slut shame them as well. That's you upholding misogyny. If you can go and call somebody a hoe and judge them about what they're doing, regardless if she's a sex worker or just uh, sexually free or promiscuous she could be that is you upholding the uh massage noir in the community 
Um, but I said that because I need to bring up these two upcoming songs. Well, I guess they're not up and coming no more. These two popular songs that are out and how they both received two different reactions. First song I'm going to bring up is WAP, which was uh, the Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion feature. And WAP stands for What Is Pussy. And it just really, like... <laughs> had all these men upset for some odd reason. I just did not understand. Yes, it was vulgar, but like, come on now. That is not the first vulgar um, song we have heard coming from a woman in the uh, rap industry. Now, I know y'all remember Missy Elliott back in the early 2000s when her song, Pussy Don't Fail Me Now, Come On Now, Kaya, My Neck, My Back. But for some odd reason, I don't know, why just like sit in uproar and had people going crazy um, online and offline. But yet, at the same time, a song that has been coming up at the same time called Throat Baby with BRS Cash, none, like zero, nothing but praises actually from men and women. And the, <laughs> and the lyrics is just crazy. Literally, the first two bars, as soon as he starts off, is sexy little bitch, sexy little hoe. Like, come on now. And nothing, nothing has happened. So I'm trying to get to a point of understanding, like, how do we get to a point where hip-hop is still trying to still trying to control women and how they can um and trying to put a ceiling or a cap on what we can do now granted these ain't the only types of songs that's out all right cool we can agree on that they are not the only songs that are out but are they the ones that get the most play time the radio time yes and that also means that um the positive conscious rap or whatever that we have available if you ain't heard of these people you're not gonna hear it i always hear people saying like well you know we got all um these different platforms like apple music spotify where you can find any type of artist that you would like um and you can listen to that if you're not really into um if you're not really into trap or pussy talk, um, rap, or, you know, if you want something more uplifting, then you can go and find that. But the problem is, is exposure. Yes, me, I've been fortunate enough to come across other artists that have uh, spiraled into me finding um, other artists that are in the same lane or whatever. And I'm grateful for that because I care about the music that I consume. But... What about the kids? What about the teens who all they care about is the top 100 or top 50? And then they emulate it, which is another thing that I want to get into. People tend to forget the amount of power and influence that music has on society as a whole. But specifically, when we're talking about teens, 
they want to live that life that is being sold to them. And mind you, the whole uh, music industry at this point is just a marketing scheme for whatever it is that they want us to buy, regardless if it's um, alcohol, clothes, cars, or to the next spot to go to vacation. But as a teen, you don't know that. You don't. It don't even run across your mind. You you're thinking to yourself that it's just music. And I'm a firm believer that you are what you consume. And it's because I've seen it with my own eyes. Think about today's uh, drug culture. And I'm gonna give this credit to Future, who don't even take the drugs that he was rapping about heavily at the time. When I was growing up, weed was the taboo drug that everybody was trying to get into. And this is no credit to Future. What I'm talking about with Future is pills. But at our time, weed pills who? Wasn't nobody doing no pills growing up, especially not in my mama um, generation. I mean, like if you were going to the raves or whatever, then yeah, you were doing like ecstasy or something, but that was something that was associated with like white culture. Like when it came to the black culture, it was weed, okay? And that was made popular by multiple different rappers um, growing up. And so that mellowed it out and desensitized us on, the drug that the government tries so hard to make us be afraid of or to even think is a drug. Uh, but flash forward to the future, what I'm trying to get into, this is when I think I saw the switch when it came to um, drugs and how we abuse them in our current day culture and how that has influenced the younger rappers to just think that that is the blueprint, even though we have seen Pimp C, speaker knockers and others die from using things like lean perks zans i didn't know what none of that stuff was growing up to be honest i knew about weed though i know about liquor and my thing is that it's being pushed onto our youth and especially the way that they treat women rick ross mentioning that he put Molly in a girl drink, she don't even know it. These people still perpetuating that same idea. I don't know if y'all know Young Nudie, but one of his lines is, look what that Molly make your bitch do. Nigga, that's rape. <laughs> and uh, that is what I'm trying to like convey is that it makes these young boys think it's okay. It makes even the girls thinks that think that it's okay. They don't even know what they are being um, trapped for, cause it's a trap. And if something like that was to happen to them, they're gonna internalize it as in they made it happen to themselves. When really you were being taken advantage of. Uh, I really want us to get to a point where we can just be honest about what's going on and not just um, settling for what will make us the most money because all money ain't good money and we got bigger things to worry about. We over here trying to combat police brutality, but we won't even combat the stuff going on in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods. 
and the music does not encourage that. Yes, we have Kendrick and J. Cole that sometimes like try to drop gems and stuff like that, but they're not listening to him. I mean, some of us are, but the youth, the younger, they're not. No, they want to listen to Nelly Chopper, young um, NBA young boy. They want to, or when XXXTentacion, I'm so sorry. I know I'm messing up his name. When he was out, he brought about a whole nother wave. And I just, you know, I just wish that we can get to a point where it isn't um, taboo to be positive, that it isn't just like a moment or a phase that we need to have depending on um, what is going on in the world. Uh, like I'm grateful for a little baby song. I'm grateful for Chance the Rapper, but they don't need to be exceptions. And yes, we can still have good music and still uh, have fun. But it's about us just being open and uh, honest about how this affects us. So I hope there were some things that you can take away from this episode. Um, I do know that I was able to just graze over this topic and not really dive deep as much as we can because this is a complex uh, topic. You know, it goes, spreads across different um, cultures, not just black, not just hip hop. It's American and it's global. Uh, but for the sake of this episode, if you are interested in the documentary on the record, it is featured on HBO Max. If you do not have it, I know they do have free trials that you um, can try. Also on YouTube, they were providing free streaming from May 27th through September 12th, which is why I wanted to make sure I got it out today. So if you could squeeze it in today or tomorrow, if not, like I said, free trial on HBO Max, um, because it really was not opener. And it just shows like how our culture and the things that we consume um, musically, how they translate and um, into our everyday lives. So if you did find this enjoyable and would like a part two, please let me know. Um, because I think a part two is definitely uh, needed. But if you want to know, if you have any questions or any suggestions on any topics that you would like for me to cover on a Trips India podcast, please feel free to shoot me a DM on my Instagram page at two underscores take a trip number two India. And you can also find me on Twitter and you can shoot a DM that way as well at, at a trip, the number two India with two A's. And shoot me a DM there as well. Thank you so much for listening to A Trip to India podcast. And I will see you next time.